0: All right, today is day two of our ClickHouse coverage, and it's pretty rare that I'll clip two clips from the same podcast. I do try to go for a diversity of input sources, but this one was just really that interesting to me, and I think that important that you get this level of access that I was willing to spend the extra clip on it. And so this covers ClickHouse's claims in terms of analytics and in terms of the performance, and I think in databases as tristan mentions in the question that he's about to ask later on that there's a lot of trade-offs and i think a lot of people get very hand wavy about the trade-offs they're like we can do everything because they're trying to sell you their database right and that's the basic premise of a lot of these htap databases hybrid transactional analytical um that they, they they somehow found some kind of magic sauce to to do that it's a little bit hard to articulate i think Aaron is not exactly the right person to do that because he himself is not technical, <laughs> which is funny because he runs ClickHouse and he's he's done a lot of interesting cloud work. By the way, I'm really interested I'm really interested in that like what if you could just skip learning how to code and then you have to do anything with the technical details but still know enough about running tech databases and tech businesses that you could have his career. I think that's a very interesting uh, career path. Anyway, so if you actually wanted to know how ClickHouse works, I think that the right lecture to go for is the one in the CMU database class that's on YouTube. I'm gonna drop a link in there because I've, I guess I've bookmarked it for myself. I haven't actually watched it, and it's actually from the CEO of Altinity, which is which has been the de facto ClickHouse hosted ClickHouse vendor before ClickHouse, Inc. came along, which is another awkwardness. They seem to be, they claim to be happy that ClickHouse, Inc. was incorporated, but I mean, who really knows, right? Anyway, so here's the secret sauce of ClickHouse.
1: I pulled the dbt community to hear how people were using dbt plus ClickHouse, and the feedback was, we use ClickHouse very much like you would in another warehouse, and the benefits were that it was just lightning. Quick, so you almost have real time nature of queries. And then it was also cheaper because you do some cool things on the compression so that you're not storing as much when you're using ClickHouse. But it's just really stunning to me how different that use case is from many of the other ways that people use ClickHouse. Because when I first learned about ClickHouse, it was really for software engineers to use in their production applications where you need to have an exposed analytics experience. So like Sentry, they built their core error monitoring platform on ClickHouse because they needed to expose those metrics to their customers. And that was the only technology that could support the kind of scale and speed that they needed. And so that's really common, I think, for it to be more of a database that software engineers look towards to build either monitoring services for or in app experiences that are really quick. Does that create challenges, opportunities for the company to build for such a diverse set of use cases?
2: It creates both. They're typically related, as you know. I mean, you look at observability, for example, and I would tend to agree with the assessment that mining observability data for business analytics is an opportunity that is not well addressed in the market today. And one reason for this is that it's simply technically difficult because detailed observability data, so infrastructure and application logs, metrics, traces, is typically high volume, but is only needed for troubleshooting for a relatively short period of time. Let's measure that in days or weeks. While BI analytics typically requires a much longer look back period right? Months or or even years. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple different solutions. First, you can aggressively summarize and archive, delete the original data, but that implies, you know, your BI use case extremely well. Another alternative is you can move the original data to a a data warehouse, but as you mentioned, it could be expensive and is fundamentally a different technology. And so I think ClickHouse and related technologies offer a slightly different answer where you can get the analytics. And you can get the cost efficiency and scale because ClickHouse is cost efficient enough to to make it reasonable to store that raw data indefinitely, even if its uncompressed size is measured in petabytes. But if you decide to cut your costs even further, let's say by rolling up or trimming that historical data, ClickHouse also provides the reporting features that you need for those real time analytic use cases. So I do think that there's going to be a convergence here, and we're seeing it in the market today between a company that wants to use ClickHouse for observability for the reasons that we described, but also wants to do BI reporting that could
3: span a very long time horizon and with competitive technology can be extremely expensive. We've a couple of times now talked about the relative advantages of ClickHouse and without needing to like go to PhD thesis levels, as somebody who has not personally had hands-on keyboard with the product, it feels almost too good to be true. Generally in databases, you have a series of trade-offs, and so if you want to be better on along a certain dimension, you have to be worse along another dimension. Can you talk about the trade-offs involved? And to the extent that maybe you have found a new efficient frontier in the way to build systems, what is the secret sauce that has allowed you to advance beyond what was previously in existence?
2: I mean, Let me start by, again, prefacing the fact that I'm not an engineer by trading, despite spending a long time in the industry. <laughs> I am a contributor to ClickHouse, but- <laughs> My my range is limited, and it's a it's the exact question Tristan that I asked when I thought about creating this company, which is that what is the competitive advantage? What is that? What's the secret sauce? What makes Clickhouse so different from you know traditional OLAP databases, which have been around for for decades? And I found a few different things. the The first is obvious, which is the the column oriented storage, right, and the performance benefits and the efficiency gains you get with that approach. How Alexei and his team have thought about data compression over the years, um, both for kind of low and high cardinality use cases, we found to be very unique and we hear that frequently from the community. Things like vectorized query execution. And we're not the only ones that offer this. Can you say what that means? Vectorized query execution is when you're not simply reporting against one row or one column but you're running parallel queries across what could be thousands or millions of rows at the same time. Things like materialized views, where you've got an origination table, you've got a source table, you've got results being cached. And so for queries that you're running more than once, you benefit from the efficiency and speed of the fact that you've already run that query in the past and you've got a a new table to run it against. So those are a few examples that we
3: found that routinely come up in in user conversations about what makes ClickHouse unique pivoting off from that. And because apparently we can talk about other companies in the space, because we've already said the S word. Speaking with folks at Snowflake, they certainly started from a place, you know, we talked about separation of compute and storage. And that really took me down memory lane because gosh, they used to talk about that a lot. And now everyone kind of takes it for granted and they've moved on to like the data cloud. So you, you start with this specific use case and then they start to broaden. My belief generally is that data stores start with being excellent at a very specific use case, and then they look for more and more workloads over time. And so you find data stores that are deeper in their commercialization journey, wanting to kind of be the place where more and more stuff is done. Then you think, okay, when, when this is all in the cloud, really it just becomes an API and the API becomes an abstraction for the underlying compute that is done under the surface. And so some of the properties that you were just talking about, wonderful. There's the very obvious question, which I'll say out loud, can other competitors incorporate these types of features into their products? Or do you think that it actually, because of the trade-offs that people make in these systems, like actually, there will be this multiplicity of databases over time that do these types of things?
2: For to start? So let's start with the origin of ClickHouse was around... Clickstream analytics, so web analytics, and so that's what it was intended to address. And if you think about the group by functions that you're going to want to run, for example, over the last month, you know, group visits to Google News by country of origin related to the IP address, and you need that results. So you need to be able to run that in real time, both historically and in data that's coming in. Like, and you need that query to respond, you know, in less than hundred milliseconds. Like that was the original creation of Clickhouse. So if you then apply that same use case to observability data, IOT, mobile, you can see why speed is something that's very unique, tied back to the origin of the software. If you then, to answer your question about looking forward, what I am seeing and hearing from users is this convergence between what is a traditional like online transactional processing database, Uh you use Mongo, for example, and an OLAP database like ClickHouse. And they both have very, the Venn diagram would show a little bit of overlap, but really they have very different benefits and in, in use cases, right? you, you use OLTP for financial transactions, for example, or you know, e-commerce records, where you're, you know, you're you're writing an update to a specific row. Whereas with an OLAP database, you're going to be reporting against what could be millions of billions of rows for analytics workloads. And I think there's going to be a convergence of these technologies. We're already seeing it occur a bit in the market with companies that will want to move data out of an OLTP database and into ClickHouse or another OLAP tool for analytics and reporting. And they just fundamentally ask the question, why do I need to move the data between these systems? Why can't I write an update to a row in ClickHouse the same way I can to a transactional processing database?
1: Yeah. I think it's you as well are starting with what you're really excellent at. And it feels like you work super well. The Clickstream example was What it was built for, so immutable data, things that you could index on, it's often like time series where it's a lot of append only, so you have this ledger that continues to grow. But then you're building these additional functionalities like updates and deletes and joins, which weren't as natural at first in ClickHouse, that are now becoming more of a a normal interaction with ClickHouse as a technology. One of the things that I find so fascinating is ClickHouse was built a decade ago, but it was still SQL like they're a little different but mostly SQL and a lot of these OLTP transaction databases decided to have proprietary query languages and so the person that can use ClickHouse all you need to know is SQL which is an enormous advantage we feel really strongly about at DBT as well we think SQL is the lingua franca of so many types of people that it's a hugely beneficial to just have people learn one query language versus needing to know 10. The thing that we were talking about before, which was, okay, ClickHouse might be really great for observability, where you have lots of data coming off of your software application on metrics, logs, tracing... You want that in one system, ClickHouse might be able to serve that really well. It may also be able to serve some OLAP analytical workloads like a warehouse, and it's all SQL. So now you have one technology that can do lots of different things, and you have a language that's universal to a lot of different people. Do you think we will have a convergence of this way that we can get real-time data and analytical data in one place? And Tristan and I talk about this a bunch because, you know, we have our warehouse that we use at DBT, but a lot of our metrics still live in Datadog, which is where we get the real-time nature. So we know what's happening with our software systems. And it's like, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could just get it in one place? And then you have to- Kills me. Yeah. We have to like, think about like, well, can we pull some of the data out? Why do I have to look at two different dashboards? And, you know, I know Grafana has like, maybe talked a little bit about moving more into the BI space. They're mostly observability, more for software developers- and it hasn't been done well. It just hasn't, because it's just like kind of fundamentally different people. It's fundamentally different problems, different technologies. And I'm hopeful that someone will solve this. But I don't know. Is that like part of the journey at ClickHouse? Does that problem excite you at all?
2: Well, it does, because you're using SQL as a standard. It enables for you know, integration with a lot of complementary technology uh, that also leverage should rely upon SQL. And you mentioned Grafana as a great example And I mean, that's the beauty of open source is the ability to integrate with a variety of other technologies and, you know, rely upon the community to help guide where you prioritize your work. And Grafana is not the only front end that we're thinking about writing an integration to. You've got some emerging technologies like Superset and Metabase that we're excited about. You think about data ingestion, you think about not just Kafka, but Kinesis and Red Panda. And, you know, even SQL query engines like, you know, Presto and, and Trino. And there's again a bit of overlap here, but fundamentally the use cases can be quite distinct. And they're, you know, following what, whatever it was 2000, there was this emergence of these NoSQL databases that really rose in popularity. Mm -hmm. And what I observed was invariably these technologies needed to write their own query language. And so, and ultimately many fell back on using SQL. And I think you may have mentioned. Clickhouse is written in SQL. It's written in C++, obviously, but leverages SQL as the query language. So I do, I do think that the industry is standardizing on SQL as the primary interface, and it's really aiding in writing integrations between what I believe to be very complementary technologies. And that again, you know, open source enabling that collaboration between software products that reside in different companies, you know, is really accelerating development pace that we're seeing
0: so what aaron alludes to there at the end is basically the reason for the modern data stack as coined by fivetran george frazier and fivetran and why you know you want to plug and play the different pieces of uh, components and ClickHouse being a database is you know a a destination component in in Airbyte terminology and uh, you do need to extract from multiple data sources to feed it into a a data warehouse or to something like ClickHouse. So Airbyte doesn't support ClickHouse today but I think it probably should and I think it's important and it's incumbent upon us to Keep on top of you know what the best data stores are for the kind of workload that we needed to perform, and I do agree that it is an increasingly common type of workload that we do want to feature in our app. So, yeah, go ClickHouse.